Hello and welcome to our our finale of Ranking Thrones, where we have gone through all of the kings who have sat on the Iron Throne. Uh, we've gone from Aegon the Conqueror, and we've covered quite a few kings, but now we are at Joffrey Baratheon. Mm-hmm. And so this isn't going to mean it's the end of the podcast, which just means that the traditional format that we've gone through of ranking the kings who sat on the Iron Throne mm-hmm. is going to be officially over. We have some ideas of what we're going to do afterwards, and we still have a, a big old melee to go through next, the Dance of the Dragons. Right, right. But where we're going to square off all the dragons and see which one was the truly, in our minds, the best of all the men who sat, men and women who sat on the Iron Throne. Maybe Rhaenyra will win. We'll see. Mm-hmm. And um, we also will then... De- we will include in those melees also the debate for the best and the worst in each of the individual categories. Mm-hmm. We'll see how all that goes. So we got plenty more. We want to do do claimants a little bit, and we also want to do, talk about hands of the kings for some specific hands that were we have enough to do an episode about. Mm-hmm. So we got plenty more episodes to go, and fingers crossed, I'm getting some more special guests to join us. So, it's not the end, but this is also, in a way, the end. (laughs) So, we are covering Joffrey, first of his name. So, Evan, you know who Joffrey is, right? A little little slime? Yeah. Well, because he's in the show and we know everything about him, I thought instead I'd talk a little bit about George R. R. Martin's original intentions for Joffrey. Mm Mm-hmm. An outline for what George R. R. Martin was planning to do when he thought A Song of Ice and Fire was only going to be a trilogy was, um, at that point, as um, commentators have observed, it was close, much closer to the actual Wars of the Roses. Mm-hmm. But, so for Joffrey, he, wanted, he was going to be less the horrible young king that he ended up. He instead was going to marry Sansa. He was going to marry her. And he would be more of a puppet king to the wicked Jamie Lannister. Interesting. Sansa was also going to be a tragic character who was forced to choose between her family and her husband and child. She would choose her husband and come to regret it. Hmm. Joffrey would also kill Robb Stark in a battle. Interesting. So it's a different Joffrey than what we ended up getting. Very much so. And the Joffrey played... Magnificently by um, what's the na- actor's name? Jack Gleason is that uh, right? Jack Gleason. Yeah, who all the cast assures is a wonderful person in real life. It's just a performance, people. It's just a performance. Yes. Okay. So let's get to the main event, though. Does Joffrey have a nickname? Yes, he does. He was known as Joffrey the Illborn, mm. the young usurper. Ares the Third, and oh. Joffrey, so-called Baratheon. Ah. None of these nicknames are nice. No. No, they are not. So, our sources, entirely A Song of Ice and Fire books. Right. Just the Song of Ice and Fire books are what we're going off of. So, The Life of King Joffrey. Mm-hmm. 
Joffrey was officially the son of King Robert Baratheon and Queen Cersei Lannister. He was born with blonde hair and green eyes, which was odd as all of Robert's bastards had his trademark dark hair and blue eyes. Mm-hmm. When he was a child, Joffrey knew that a cat in the Red Keep was pregnant. He used a knife to carve out the kittens and gave one to his brother, Tommen. When Robert heard what Joffrey did, he smacked Joffrey, knocking out one of his teeth. Despite this, it is worth mentioning that the only man Joffrey admired was Robert. Hmm. Joffrey's personal bodyguard was Sandor Clegane, who was known as the Hound, which the the Hound is a symbol of, of House Clegane. Right. He steadfastly three three hounds, to be precise. Yes. He steadfastly refused to be knighted because his brother Gregor Clegane, called the Mountain Who Rides, burned his face when Sandor played with one of Gregor's toys. But later, Gregor was knighted by Prince Rhaegar. The thought that Gregor could be knighted after such a wicked act forever tainted Sandor's ideas of knighthood. Eventually, Stannis Baratheon doubted Joffrey's paternity and knew his, his suspicions would be dismissed as seeking to gain the throne if he brought it up to Robert. So he mentioned his suspicions to John Aaron. John Aaron then died mysteriously. What a coincidence. Joffrey went with his, with his father, and we covered that in the Robert episode. Mm-hmm. It wasn't who you think it was, though. <laughs> Joffrey went with his father and family to Winterfell. There he became engaged to Sansa Stark. He dueled with Rob Stark, and mostly the fight was decent. Even though Joffrey was younger than Rob, he looked older than he was. Joffrey wanted to duel Rob with real swords, but the Master of Arms, Sir Roderick Castle, refused. When Brandon Stark was thrown out of the tower, Joffrey overheard that, that Robert thought that killing Bran would be a mercy. Robert said this when he was drunk, by the way. Wanting to please his father, Joffrey hired an assassin and gave a knife that Robert had, bought, had brought with him to kill Bran. The assassination was unsuccessful, and Peter Baelish, a.k.a. Little, Littlefinger, blamed the assassination on Tyrion Lannister, causing further strife between the Lannisters and the Starks. So, FYI, Evan, that is one of the biggest differences between the books and the show. Joffrey is the one who orders Bran's death. Right. Or Bran's assassination attempt. Hmm. Not Littlefinger, like in the show. Hmm. It's all made from, like, a stupid idea of trying to appease his father. Bad. On the road to King's Landing, Joffrey and Sansa had a romantic day where they spent where they spent riding and eating. Joffrey had Sansa drink more wine than she was accustomed to. He insisted that his future bride could do anything she wanted. But then Joffrey and Sansa stumbled on Arya Stark sword fighting with a butcher's boy. Joffrey offered, ordered, no, not offered, ordered the butcher's boy to fight him and threatened to slash at him. Jesus. Then Joffrey was bitten by Arya's direwolf, Nymeria. Arya and the butcher's boy ran off while Sansa got a maester for Joffrey. Joffrey accused Arya of loosing Nymeria on him. Robert was unimpressed that his son did not stand up for himself and could be bested by a girl. Hmm. Ren, Lord Renly laughed at Joffrey and had to be, be 
to leave for being obstinate. Hmm. Sansa did not say either version of the events was right. Queen Cersei ordered that Sansa's direwolf lady be executed despite having done nothing. Jeez. Joffrey and Sansa seemingly reconciled during the hands tournament, though Sansa was disappointed that Joffrey did not escort her back to her chambers. After Ned Stark announced that he was sending off Sansa and Arya to back to Winterfell, Sansa rushed to Queen Cersei to beg to say goodbye to Joffrey. This alerted the Lannisters to Lord Stark's actions. No. Yes, that's also a big difference from the show. King Robert then died from a hunting trip. Joffrey had earlier joined the hunting trip but left halfway through. Not soon after King Robert's death, Renly Baratheon fled King's Landing with Sir Loras Tyrell to Highgarden. After King Robert died, Joffrey for the first time sat on the Iron Throne. To his surprise and outrage, Lord Stark arrived with the gold cloaks and denounced that Joffrey was not the true king. Hmm. Barristan the Bold, captain of the King's Guard, read aloud that King Robert's last act was to name Lord Stark protector of the realm. However, Queen Cersei shocked many by simply tearing apart the king's will, saying, We have a new king. Stupid. The gold cloaks turned on Lord Stark and arrested him. With Lord Stark laying in a dungeon, Joffrey was crowned Joffrey of the House Baratheon, first of his name, Lord of the Seven Kingdoms, King of the Andals, the Rhoynar, and the First Men. As his first actions, he declared Janos Slint, the Lord of Harrenhal. He named Lord Tywin Lannister as Hand of the King. Furthermore, in one of his first and one of the most controversial of his actions, he removed Sir Barristan the Bold from the King's Guard. Sir Barristan was offered to live in a castle to be attended by many, many servants. Sir Barristan insisted that the King's Guard served for life, and this was had never been done before. Queen Cersei said that Sir Barristan had failed to protect Joffrey. Disgusted by his unprecedented dismissal and the election of Sir Jaime the Kingslayer as a commander of the King's Guard, he tore off his armor and cloak and threw his sword at the throne telling Joffrey to melt it down and add it to the throne. Joffrey was not at all pleased by this display and ordered Sir Barristan's death, but he escaped the assassins. Hmm. He ordered Sir Barristan's death for that stunt. Wow. Joffrey was then entreated by his fiancée Sansa Stark. She begged the king to show mercy to his father. While Cersei said that the king would not, Joffrey said that he would consider granting mercy if he went on his knees and admitted his guilt. Sansa also had been previously forced to send out letters begging Rob to abandon his rebellion against the Lannisters and swear fealty to King Joffrey. This was brushed off by Rob as being obviously forced. <clears throat> Rob Stark began a rebellion against the South following the capture of his father. He rallied his bannermen to his cause and marched south. He was allowed to cross the Frey's hold by agreeing to marry one of Lord Frey's daughters. Despite his youth, Rob was Stark was a prodigy in battle, as he managed to capture Sir Jaime Lannister and crush his army. At the steps of the Sept of Baelor, King Joffrey had Lord Stark brought before the people in chains. There, Lord Stark confessed that he had betrayed his friend, King Robert, and lied that Joffrey was not the lawful king. Having confessed, 
Joffrey said that his mother had told him to let Lord Stark take the black, and Sansa had begged him to forgive him. Joffrey, however, stunned the lords and appeased the people's bloodlust by saying that he would never tolerate treason and had Lord Stark executed. Stupid. <laughs> Joffrey's actions finally broke the fragile maintenance of peace in the realm. Lord Stannis declared that he was the lawful king, officially declaring himself and dubbed himself King Stannis. Meanwhile, in the Reach, Renly Baratheon was able to muster all the bannermen of Storm's End, along with the forces of Highgarden, by marrying Marjorie Tyrell. Renly also claimed that he was king. Unlike Stannis, though, he did not bother with any claims of rightful heir, and simply said he was a usurper, as was Robert. Meanwhile, the North, instead, chose to secede from the Seven Kingdoms, declaring Robb Stark the King of the North. Within a few weeks later, Balon Greyjoy would declare himself king, again and attempt to conquer the North. A week after Lord Stark's execution, Sansa was summoned by Joffrey and ordered to stare at her father's head. Sansa wept at first and said he broke his promise of mercy. Joffrey responded, I was! I gave him a quick death! To Joffrey's disappointment, Sansa seemed mostly unmoved by the sight of her father's rotted head. She asked how long she had to look. He said as long as it pleased him. He also swore that he would bring her Rob's head. She boldly replied that Rob may give him Joffrey's head. May give her Joffrey's head. An enraged Joffrey replied that he was still obliged to marry her, but she did not need to live long after she gave him an heir. Joffrey then ordered Sir Marin Trant to strike Sansa. Sansa briefly contemplated pushing Joffrey off, the red off of the Red Keep, but was prevented by the Hound who told her not to with a look. Sansa would routinely be beaten by Joffrey's command, though of the King's Guard's knights, she complimented that Sir Eris Oakhart was the only one who seemed reluctant about doing this. Unfortunately for Sansa, he would leave when Princess Marcella was sent to Dorne. Oops. Joffrey on his name day held a tournament. He joyfully told Sansa that the beggar King Viserys was dead. The tournament was pathetic. Held within the Red Keep, it had mostly the worst knights, as the best had already left King's Landing or refused to come to the tourney. The worst was Sir Dantos Hollard, who had decades ago been spared by plea of Barristan the Bold when his entire family was wiped out by order of the Mad King. Sir Dantos arrived drunk and without trousers to his joust. Joffrey wanted his head, but Sansa insisted that it was bad luck to spill blood on his name day and suggested making Sir Dantos his fool. Joffrey did such. This was one of two actions that would directly doom Joffrey. <clears throat> At the tournament, he was greeted by his uncle Tyrion Lannister, who was appointed by Tywin as acting Hand of the King. Because of King Renly and command of the Reach, the food supply of King's Landing soon dried up, leading to starvation and desperation. However, Joffrey cared nothing for this, and in fact took his crossbow and shot randomly into the crowds of people. To satiate Joffrey's bloodlust, Tyrion had spies for King Stannis brought to trial before the king. Joffrey delighted in having antlers nailed to his enemies' heads. However, during this time, King Stannis went to war with King Renly, but just before the battle was to take place, Renly was murdered. The majority of Renly's forces defected over to King Stannis, though the Reach refused to swear allegiance to Stannis. 
King Joffrey, Lady Sansa, and Prince Tommen, along with the rest of the small council and the Queen Regent, Cersei, witnessed Princess Marcella being sent away to Dorne for her engagement to Prince Tristane. As Joffrey returned, a riot broke out when someone threw a mud pie at Joffrey. Joffrey wanted him dead, but he barely escaped with his life. The same for Lady Sansa. The High Septon was gutted, as was a member of the Kingsguard, and the Lady Lawless Stokeworth was raped and soon became pregnant with a bastard. The Battle of Blackwater Bay soon came. Tyrion Lannister had Joffrey join the battle to boost the morale of the men. Before the battle, he had Sansa kiss his sword and promised to have her kiss it when he was drenched with in blood. Tyrion Lannister lured Stannis' forces into Blackwater Bay with empty ships. Stannis' fleet soon became engulfed in wildfire with a giant chain lifted that prevented any attempt at escape. Sir Davos Seawater managed to escape, but several of his sons did not. Joffrey fought in the battle, leading the crossbowmen, but he was recalled by Queen Cersei as the battle soon became too much. In the end, Tyrion Lannister's tactics gave enough time for relief support to come in the form of Highgarden, who were supposedly led by the ghost of Renly Baratheon. Really, it was Garland Tyrell wearing Renly's armor. Also in these forces were Lord Tywin Lannister and his host, who turned their attention to the south after Lord Edmure Tully routed the forces led by the mountain. Rob Stark had ho not hoped Lord Tully doing such, hoping to draw Lord Tywin north to surround and finish Lord Tywin. Lord T Edmure had unintentionally aided Joffrey's cause. Mm -hmm. Stannis Baratheon escaped the battle with his life and some men, he fled to Dragonstone to plan his next move, while Joffrey was triumphant. Lord Tywin entered King's Landing, indisputably the master of the city. He quickly took his position at, of Hand of the King. Joffrey was now little more than a puppet king, as his grandfather was clearly the ruler of Westeros. Joffrey also abandoned his betrothal to Lady Stark and became engaged to Marjorie Tyrell. Sansa had been told by Cersei in advance and had been warned not to show happiness from this. And with that, we're going to pause and talk a little bit about Joffrey's inspirations. Mm -hmm. So, King Joffrey is often attributed to be inspired by the young, vicious, power-obsessed Richard II, just as the Mad King, King seems to be based on him. Mm -hmm. And George R. R. Martin said in a special features video on... Game of Thrones, that Richard II is an inspiration for Joffrey. Like Joffrey, Richard was a young king who was obsessed with pow his power and was violent to the point that some genuinely suspect he may not have been completely mentally sound. <laughs> Although, unlike Joffrey, Richard actually was a competent warrior. Right. Although, Book Joffrey is also not completely a coward. No. The other comparison that is often made is to the Roman Emperor Caligula. Caligula was a young man, at, no, was a young man given absolute power and quickly became obsessed with power. He was infamous for his cruelty and supposed madness. Though I think another emperor just as worthy of comparing to Joffrey for sadistic brutality was the Emperor Caracalla, who murdered his own brother in front of their mother and massacred an entire city for supposedly mocking him about killing his brother. Yeah. Caracalla was evil. 
Mm-hmm. The other inspiration for Joffrey supposedly is on poor King Henry VI's son, Prince Edward, who was mostly a tool for the understandable ambitions of Queen Margaret mm-hmm. of Anjou, a yeah. controversial Queen of England who presumed to rule. Edward himself was also said to be spoiled and violent. So, kind of the tradition about Joffrey, and there are many, sadly, spoiled young men with exorbitant amounts of power that are also violent. Right. So, continuing back on the story of Joffrey. So, one of King Joffrey's many actions after the Battle of Blackwater Bay was to name Loras Tyrell as a Knight of the Kingsguard, This was the second action that Lord Littlefinger would later say doomed Joffrey. Mm. Knowing that the Tyrells planned to have Lady Sansa married to Willis Tyrell, Lord Tywin instead ordered his son Tyrion to marry Lady Sansa. King Joffrey presented Sansa in the position traditionally for her father. As he removed the cloak of House Stark, he sexually assaulted Sansa. He also removed the stool to ease Lord Tyrion, placing the Lannister cloak on Lady Sansa. Lady Sansa, furious at this marriage and humiliation, refused to lower herself to let the cloaking be easier for Lord Tyrion. At the wedding of Sansa and Tyrion, Joffrey wanted a betting ceremony, but Tyrion threatened Joffrey only to then lap it off as being drunk ravings. Joffrey privately threatened to rape Sansa as all she needed was a Lannister baby. She had been previously warned that Joffrey's lust for Sansa had not changed, and that she could end up becoming his mistress and mother to his bastards. Yep. We need to talk a little bit about what was going on around Westeros at this time. Yes. Although not in too much detail. No. Far in the north, Theon Greyjoy betrayed Robb Stark and led Iron Men to take Winterfell, but he was given no support from his father to maintain Winterfell. To try to intimidate the people of Winterfell into submission, he presented the headless bodies of Prince Bran and Rickon, though in actuality, two boys of a farmer. Right. The idea behind this was now there is no, or there will soon to be no male heir to Winterfell in the north, so they want to grab Sansa while they can, literally in this case. Yeah. Well, everyone. Mm-hmm. Soon, Theon Greyjoy's forces would be routed by betrayal as Ramsay Snow revealed himself and killed everyone in Winterfell. Mm-hmm. Different from the books. The yeah. Ironborn did not betray Theon in the books. The Ironborn would barely hold the north. During this time, Balon Greyjoy supposedly slipped while crossing the treacherous bridge on Pike. Supposedly, there were only three kings remaining of the original five. Oh, no, not supposedly, suddenly. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, there, there's now only three. Right. The news of Bran and Rickon's death, death, in quotes, reached a wounded Rob Stark who was being treated by Lady Jane Westerling. Jane Westerling comforted King Rob. Because Lady Jane was a maiden and highborn, King Rob felt obligated to marry her to preserve her honor. Stupid. Now, not only that, but he had known what it was like to be to be a bastard from the, tr- the treatment of his bastard brother John, and he did not want that on a ch- on a child. 
This action led to the Freys and other houses to abandon Robb Stark. Jane Westerling, not Talisa Meiger. No. The news of this marriage reached Lord Tywin, who made promises to Lord Frey, Lord Bolton, and Lady Sybil, the mother of Queen Jane. Lady Sybil had Queen Jane unknowingly consume an abortion potion every morning to prevent her becoming pregnant. Jesus. Yep. The Frey sent word to the Starks, promising them their allegiance for another marriage. The marriage of Lord Tully to a Frey girl. King Rob went to the marriage with his mother. He made sure that his wife did not join them. Prior to this, he wrote a will legitimizing his bastard brother, Jon Snow, and naming him his heir to Lady Catelyn's discomfort. The marriage of Lord Edmure Tully to Rosalind Frey went well, though Rosalind was disturbingly sad for the most of the wedding. After the bedding ceremony, suddenly the musicians played the Lannisters' song, The Reigns of Castamere, at which point suddenly a storm of arrows flung down on the northerners, Lady Catelyn took a knife to Lord Walder Gra- Walder's grandson and fool, Aegon Frey, called Jingle Bell. She begged Lord Walder to spare King Rob and urged her son to live for Jane's sake. Lord Frey took no interest in Lady Catelyn's threats and replied that she would be killing his grandson, who was a great disappointment. Hmm. King Rob said, Jane, before Lord Bolton went before the king and stabbed him with a remark, Jamie Lannister sends his regards. Catelyn Stark saw what she believed her last son die before her eyes. The only Stark child she believed alive was Sansa, a prisoner of the Lannisters. Hmm. Lady Catelyn sit Jingle Bell's throat before her own was slit. But Lady Catelyn's story was not over. Again, uh, I'm, this is going to be a r- running gag for this podcast, but different than the books. Mm-hmm. Different than the show. The phrase beheaded Rob Stark's head and placed his direwolf's head on top of the corpse. Lady Catelyn's body was found by Arya Stark's direwolf Nymeria and dragged from the river. From there, the Brotherhood Without Banners discovered her. Lord Beric Dondarrion, who had been resurrected numerous times from the priests of Rolor, from the priest of Rolor, gave the kiss of life to Catelyn Stark. The half-rotted body of Catelyn Stark lived again. She could barely speak, having to cover her throat to, whis- to whisper words. With Lord Beric dead forever, they now followed the newly dubbed Lady Stoneheart as she sought vengeance on the Freys and the Lannisters. Sounds good. News of the Red Wedding reached a delighted King Joffrey. He insisted they, that they send Rob Stark's head, which he hoped to present to Sansa at his wedding. Tyrion angrily threatened Joffrey for this, and enraged Joffrey swore that he could do anything as he was the king. As Lord Tywin tried to lecture Joffrey about power, Joffrey surprised and unnerved his grandfather by calling Tywin a coward to the horror of his mother. He proudly said that Tywin had always been terrified of King Aerys, and furthermore, his father was the true hero and brave as he killed Prince Rhaegar while Tywin hid in Castle Rock. Not wrong. A disturbed and enraged Tywin ordered the king to be sent away and forced to sleep to his vocal protests. Lord Tywin feared that he was dealing with a second Robert. Tyrion replied he was dealing with Ares III. Tywin did not like that at all. At the grand wedding for Lady Marjorie and King Joffrey, the king was given an enormous cup by Mace Tyrell. 
He was also given a Valyrian sword forged from Lord Stark's sword, Ice. Joffrey dubbed the sword Widow's Wail and used it to destroy a rare book given to him by Lord Tyrion. Such a waste. At the wedding, King Joffrey tried to humiliate Lord Tyrion, who continued to have witty replies to all humiliations. Exasperated, he ordered Lord Tyrion to be his cupbearer. As King Joffrey took a deep drink of wine, he suddenly began to tear at his throat as his face grew purple. He pointed at Lord Tyrion before drawing his final breath. (laughs) Months prior, Sir Dantos came to Lady Sansa. He swore that he would be her Florian the Fool and rescue Sansa. In reality, Sir Dantos was a spy for Littlefinger. Yeah. Sir Dantos revealed to Littlefinger the Tyrell's plans for Sansa, which led her to her marrying Tyrion Lannister instead. Later, Sir Dantos gave Sansa a jeweled hairnet. Sir Loras greatly adored his sister Marjorie, and Littlefinger and Lady Olena Tyrell knew that Joffrey would inevitably be violent to Marjorie. Littlefinger and the Queen of Thorns wanted to prevent Sir Loras from killing Joffrey. And so, Lady Olena plotted with Littlefinger. She plucked an amethyst from Sansa's hairnet and poisoned King Joffrey. Mm-hmm. With Joffrey dead, suddenly his eight-year-old brother, Tommen, was declared king. Suddenly, one, only one of the original five kings was left. But as of now, the fate of Tommen Baratheon and Stannis Baratheon Euron Greyjoy and Daenerys Targaryen is incomplete in the books. Right. So this is the end of the story of the men and woman who sat on the Iron Throne. There it is. Quite a story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll have to wait. We'll have to do uh, the critique later on. Of all of them? Of, of John. Okay. So uh, thank you very much for joining us. This has been a lot of fun. We'll see you next time where we rank Joffrey. Uh, See you then. See you then.